1: good morning i am summer sibley brown filling in for the Neville James, as the host of Analyze This from WTJXFM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. How are you out there in radio land? Today, we are going to resume our election series called The Candidate Speaks. So we have two guests today and I'm like, oh man, I'm here without Neville because usually we don't get to tag team a little bit, um, which, which I enjoy our back and forth. But while I'm holding down the fort, it will be me and we have a double doubleheader today. We have actually two candidates. Um, One we are bringing in or we'll have on the phone with us Miss Shalima Edwards who is number eight um, running for a senatorial seat in the St. Croix district and then we're going to have a board of elections candidate, candidate Raymond Williams. So this morning I'm super um, pumped because I get to do this This interview by myself, you can hear the trepidation, right? I'm like, I'm pumped and I'm doing it alone. But nonetheless, the candidate speak is going to be awesome. I hope Neville is having a wonderful time where he is, as always, honored to fill in. So, you know, it's really interesting as we go down the senatorial race. We have already done, well, there's 21 candidates in the St. district. And Neville's been keeping count, so we've done... about 17 of the 21 candidates in the St. Croix District. So as we round the corner and we're beginning to close out the election season, we do have a few more candidates that we need to speak to. um, And... As you know, as all things NPR and all things WTJX, we try to make that even. So it's not just about the senatorial and the gubernatorial candidates, but we're looking at the people running for board of elections, board of education, because all those slots are equally important um, to how we govern, to how we're run, to how we grow um, this territory, how we address some of its issues. And so we want to help you pay attention and hear from all the persons who potentially are vying for leadership positions. Um, You know, the word Neville introduced that I love um, on the candidate speaks is the consent to govern, right? Those who we will give the consent to govern um, in different spaces. And so as we gear up for listening, you know, I love to review at least my reason for being really, in tune with The Candidate Speaks because for me, it's about vetting vetting who will get my vote. It's a critical moment to think about how are we values aligned? What are the things that I care about? What are the things that I see... Um, are critical for moving this territory and quality of life forward, and then who 's speaking about it who 's who 's talking to me about those issues on the forefront in a way one that I can understand, and two that demonstrates they have some knowledge or the propensity to get the knowledge in the areas that we as virgin islanders see as critical as us moving on the second thing i'm looking for and i'm listening for is skill what experience what skill what training that they have or are they going to receive that helps them you know to move forward gives them the acumen to actually do the job and then it's like mindset and you know i think if neville was here he would say um the honorable former senator rocky libert he talks about a love for the people who are we hearing that passion from um but it's really interesting because for me it's a balance of temperament and passion, um, because I want you to have that fire, but I also want you to have the maturity and, and control to be part of a body, bodies of leadership, right? Because the Senate, in itself, is a body, but then we have the executive branch, and then we have all these other branches or parts of our system to include the Board of Elections and the Board of Education that come together to make um, to make that leadership team that's really working on behalf of the people to push things forward and then you know we can't forget the constituent voice right so who do we actually still have access to who's doing that constituent work or has or is talking about the people in the process right those those are and those are just my those are my things that i'm listening for I'm sure, you know, there's different individuals out there who have their own. But as you critically think about who you're electing, like, what's your rubric? What's your what's your what's the card you going by your score sheet? Like, I'm looking for this, this, this and this. And, it you know, for some people, it might be it might be one thing like it could be who's a leader I could trust. Where is that integrity out there in the vote for me? Um, This person could have you could have seen this person be an excellent leader in in a former position and i was like nope i gonna get behind this person this person might be talking innovation and you feel like yo we really 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 need a change um and this is this this person is pushing change and innovation but at the end of the day the vote is yours Um, And we're rounding the corner. Early voting is about to close October 31st. And so if you haven't done so and you really wanted, your window is narrowing. Get out there, vote, um, but also think about it. And then I can't wait till after elections, actually, because there's a conversation about where our responsibility As the electorate ends, I think, at least for me, I can only speak for me, in the past it's been like you vote people in and then you wait two years or four years to kind of be like, I'm going to vote you out. And we think that the voting process or the power of the electorate um, begins and ends at the ballot box. And I don't necessarily um, see it that way anymore, you know. Lately, Neville has been talking about like, you know, he he says his age on here, and he's like, you know, as, as a 58 year old, I'm, he's a he's different than when he was younger. And you know, as a 45 year old, I could actually say the same thing. When I was younger, um, and I and I got into understanding why we should vote, young people, I'm urging you to vote if you're listening. Your vote matters, um. It was like, go in, vote, leave, vote again in two or four years. Um, And now it's like, how do I hold the leaders, the persons who I gave my vote to and the persons who were given the consent to govern, even the ones that I didn't vote for, they have a leadership position for two or four years. What is my role in holding them accountable? Um, Past, you know, as Virgin Islanders, in my opinion, I'll say that we are really, really, really good at um, sharing our opinions. How do I take those opinions to the next level and move, move it in a way that the office of the governor, the, the 35th legislature, um, the board of elections, the board of education that I am present and accounted for in one of the people and constituents they feel they are accountable Like, what is that work? And so I'm really, I'm really excited for when November 9th shows up, because from November 9th forward, we have we have two years to exercise a different, a different way of engaging with our elected officials. And we have four years to do the same with the gubernatorial and officials. And I'm down for learning. And I am down for making sure that I share with as many people as possible um what how I will be moving past this election cycle to do my part to ensure that we are elevating our leadership we are honoring our leadership because it's work First and foremost, you know all of this is work and none of it is easy work and at the same time, so for me it's about honor um ensuring they're doing their job right and and actually playing my role in, in making. Us a more progressive community. Some of these issues have been here for a really, really long time. So we gotta figure out how to do to it together. And we are getting ready to go into the candidate speaks, um, where we will be discussing in our first hour uh, their opportunity for run to run for senate. Um, this is a aspirant, not an incumbent. So we will have Miss Shalima Edwards. Um, number eight on the ballot she's going to be joining us this morning she's ready she's on zoom and we're gonna you know we're gonna do what we do we're gonna let her introduce herself we're gonna have our rapid fire questions on the issues and then we're gonna let her tell you why you should vote for her once again good morning shalima
2: Uja, greetings and good morning <laughs> I, <Brown. laughs> I
1: love it good morning good morning good morning um how are you today
2: I'm grateful and good morning to the listening audience. Um, Thank you for this opportunity. Very unique. I didn't know about this particular um, radio station, Um, but I'm I'm grateful Um, I'm here and I'm willing to do the work that must get done. So I'll just dive into my intro.
1: Okay, well, first of all, tell everybody, because we have listeners who may not know who you are. So let's start with who you are, you know, who you're from, where you're educated, your experience, and then why, why did you decide to run for office?
2: Okay, thank you. So I will definitely let the people know because I found that some people um, don't know me and the work that I've been doing in the past 20 years and where I've been working. So I will definitely um, let them know. So Shalima Edwards was born on the island of St. Croix. Mother is from the island of Dominica. She's a transplant for over, I think over 50 years now. Uh, my father was born on St. Croix and as far Back as I know, genealogy wise, my great grandfather was born in St. Croix, 1878. And I highlight that because that was the year of the great fire bond. I say that to say that the energy is there, it has been there and it's been waiting for me to do the work that my ancestors have left for me to do. So I am a graduate of the St. Croix Central High School class of 1994. And right after graduation, I enrolled in the Virgin Islands Army National Guard, where I served about nine years here on St. Croix. And after that, I, well, it was a part-time job, so I was also volunteering at the Boys and Girls Club as an AmeriCorps member. I, let me see, after that, I became employed with the Virgin Islands government. Well, prior to that. Okay, I should write down the list, shouldn't I? All right, Imaging Center, Imaging Center in Sunny Isles. I worked there as a receptionist and then at the hospital also at as a receptionist under the Imaging Center. So uh, people might remember who I am when I worked there. Then I. Worked at the Virgin Islands Government Department in Department of Health in the program of medical assistance. Mm-hmm. Transferred to Department of Human Services where I did approximately I think 14 years at the cash assistance program or food stamp program. Started in Christianstead then transferred to Frederickstead. There I became a union shop steward as a result of my co worker seen that I meant business, I didn't like injustice that was taking place. So I served as a union um, shop steward for the remainder of my employment with the VI government. And um, after I left the Virgin Islands government, I became employed, I think my employment came right after was with the Virgin Islands Partners for Healthy Communities long-term recovery group. And as a disaster case manager, I served the people who were still trying to recover from Hurricane Maria. So again, I was a disaster case manager. Now my nonprofit involvement or volunteering, I... hmm, was part creator of what was the Union Members in Action, UMIA, in which we advocated for employees' rights, letting them know that they have rights. So with the success of that organization at the time, we were able to encourage various employees from the departments of Agriculture, Public Works, and Justice. Who were in an international union and they voted and um, then got enrolled with a local labor union. We emphasize supporting and being involved and making sure that their union Jews are kept in our territory. So that was one of the greatest success of union members in action. I uh, then later created co-created a labor union, which is Umoja Caribbean Union in 2016. And given that we recognize the greatness of our ancestors and seeing the importance of uh, the community, knowing about say Senkwe labor union, the potential that we have as a people and knowing that uh, there are things that affect us besides just going to work. So community outreach were done uh, with, you, with Umoja Caribbean Union, letting them learn some skills. For example, one community that we did a project with was Williams Delight. And we taught several of the residents how to make box gardens. So it's empowering people to know a skill, but also letting them know what their rights are. I also volunteered and still volunteer with the Sanctuary Council of Elders as a mentee and um recognizing that I am getting hmm older. <laughs> I def- you know I hesitate to wiser. Hesitate. You're getting so wiser. More.
1: You're getting better.
2: Wiser. Okay. So I, I wanted to definitely have my children at the time they were younger. I uh, see that their mom is serious in becoming a wise elder and also making myself available for younger persons who may need um, some guidance, so to speak. So I've been involved with the St. Croix Council of Elders for several years and I'm grateful that they accepted me. Uh, my children are now adults. So <laughs> with the help and the, the love From the members of the Sanctuary Labor, I'm sorry, the um, Sanctuary Council of Elders, I have uh, been prepared and, as I said, becoming older. So I'm in my mid plus one 40s. So I see the importance of me being strongly involved in my community in all areas. Uh, Right now, actually, after I left the Virgin Islands, um, Partners for Healthy Communities, long-term recovery group due to funding, the depletion of funding. I now am employed with the Caribbean Center for Boys and Girls Club, um, Boys and Girls of the Virgin Islands, which was formerly known the Boys and Girls Club. So there I had and still have the opportunity to work with children and learning that there are things that maybe i missed Mm. as a parent observing children i'm seeing it right now uh so there is a need to really and truly invest in our children
1: so after the break shalima we're gonna come back we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna jump into why you chose to run and then i'm gonna rapid fire you questions across all of our issues and talk a little bit about the Ndongo collective okay we'll be back after the break
0: V.I. Energy Office and the University of the Virgin Islands Caribbean Green Technology Center are hosting the first V.I. Energy Fair. There will be outdoor live demonstrations, interactive workshops, and leaders from the community will be on site to discuss what the territory is doing to reduce energy costs. The fair will be held at the U.V.I. campuses from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on St. Thomas on October 15th and on St. Croix on October 30th. For more information about the Energy Fair, cgtc-usvi.org forward slash energy fair.
3: Good morning, neighbor. I see you got your bumper stickers and your had sign up, Paulie. Yes, I'm so ready for this election season. Me too. Just waiting for the info on the polling places and then ballots. What polling places? You mean voting centers? The election system is using voting centers this year, where you can go anywhere across the island, walk in, fill out a ballot. Just bring your ID. Really? Because my daughter lives in Tutu, but walked all the way by the airport and would try to run back home before the sun goes down to vote. Nope. You're no longer stuck to just your neighborhood on election day. Voting centers mean you can vote anywhere in your district. And the next time? Try the early voting option, too. Skip the line altogether on Election Day. Girl, you have all the good tips this year, man. So, who's going to win? Ha! Read my yard sign, then pick any voting center. Just remember, voting is not just your right. It's It's the the right right thing
1: thing to do. A message from the Election System of the Virgin Islands.
0: Mario fue pintor más de 30 años. Cuando me dijo que se le estaban olvidando las cosas, fue difícil. Un día me dijo, me dijeron que pintara el marco
4: del lado por dentro y pinté el lado de afuera.
0: Yo le di a la gente... Que le diga a su familia lo que está pasando con él.
4: Si algo se nota diferente, podría ser Alzheimer. Es momento de hablarlo. Visita alz.org diagonal nuestras historias para saber más. Un mensaje de The Alzheimer's Association y The Ad Council.
1: If you are just tuning in this morning, I am Summer Sibley Brown filling in for Neville James Um, and today on Candidate Speaks, we have Shalima Edwards, number eight aspirant running in the St. Croix district for a senatorial seat. Um, And Ms. Edwards just was so eloquently sharing her her long resume Um, and also that, you know, Her family's been on this island since 1878. Great, great grandfather, firebun spirit, spirit of change is what I got from what you're saying. And also a spirit of service um, is what I got from what you were sharing this morning. Um, Shalima, tell me and the listening audience, why at this time did you choose to run for office?
2: Okay, thanks again. So when I worked at the Virginia's Partners for Healthy Communities Long-Term Recovery Group, there I witnessed... um, our people suffering, especially our elderly and disabled um, population who actually lived in their homes. Roofs are still in disrepair when it rains, you know, it leaks and unfortunately some slip, some fall. So, when our funds were depleting to that point where we couldn't even afford to purchase tarps for our residents, I contacted uh, all the branches basically, well, with, with, with the exception of judicial. So I contacted the senators, the administration, and I asked, especially if they could find it within their hearts to please provide temporary relief. It's better relief than no relief. And that is to get tarps or to pay someone to install the tarps. And it's not that we have like thousand, uh, thousands of um, uh, clients in that particular population. It was just a low number. and because of the lack of response I received, it showed me where the hearts are. And I was like, whoa, if I in my <laughs> I don't have that big pocket, if I could give someone in need a dollar or two dollars, you know, on the street and the accent, just imagine I'm being in that position where I could help more people. I wouldn't mind, you know, pulling some resources along with my colleagues to help that vulnerable population. So that motivated me to decide to seek a seat in the Senate. And prior to that, I'm gonna tell you, uh, I think it was the last month where we had to um, turn in our application if we want to, you know, run for for office. Uh, Months before I was involved with a, grassroots movement going community to community encouraging people to step up to the plate to run for certain positions and again it, until it was the last month that's what really drew my attention to to say you know what if if not me then who you know mm-hmm. who has the heart who has the love of our people and i can't just no longer stay in the back complaining or observing i am ready to take that step and i i decided to
1: run so that's a powerful question right if not me then who of aspirant edwards let me ask you you said part of this came from your what you witnessed with disaster recovery so we're going to jump in and i'm going to ask you where do you think we are with the disaster recovery and if you were to be elected to the 35th legislature what do you think one of your actions to change or or forward anything would be as it relates to disaster?
2: Okay, where I think uh, that situation is right now, um, there are still, well, I won't say think, I see that there are still homes that have blue tarps that are torn and they need assistance. I do see lumbers um, at the Alexander Henderson Elementary School that's just out there. I see that there's a lack of accountability and things need to move forward to ensure that these people, our people, at least get um, recover from the the disaster since Hurricane Maria, as I said, better accountability is needed. And that's where in the legislature senators should have, and they do have that responsibility, which is oversight, um, holding these individuals or entities accountable is one of the goals that i'm hoping to achieve with the assistance of others okay like-minded individuals to reapportion the legislature to really have our senators held accountable and um i could dive right into if you want you know i could I want,
1: how. I want to go straight into the reapportionment because that's a big conversation. And I want to say, I think you're, you're one of the first candidates who actually brought it up. So let's talk about it. In your, if you are elected, you see reapportionment as something that's important. Tell us how you see that happening and why.
2: Okay, I see that happening because people have been told by several senators that I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. But who do you really, who can you really identify that is responsible, have that oversight in certain departments? So by having at-large senators, and the at-large senators would cover the territory and they would be responsible for standing committees. Just given an example, say for health, and human services, the other one, education, the other one, utilities, infrastructure, the other one, recreational um, committee. The six senators, I'm sorry, the six senators would, it's, it's nine and six. So there'll be nine district senators. The nine district senators will cover four on St. Croix, four in St. Thomas. They will be responsible for for particular areas using the example here on St. Croix. Say if it's Frederickstead area, the next one would be Christian area, Mid Island or what have you. So that district senator would be responsible if it's when it's time for election, especially campaign in that particular district, the um, individuals who reside in that area will vote for that particular senator. So now you know, okay, you have an issue in your area, you bring that issue to that district senator. And now you hold that district senator accountable if she or he fails to do that work. And that work is, okay, if this is beyond my reach and I have to reach out to the at-large senator, then I'm going to reach out to that large senator and say, hey, the roads in this district there's a lot of potholes. You know what is Public Works doing? So that district senator again, go to the at-large senator who's responsible for infrastructure and reports back to the residents or constituents in that particular district. So that district senator would have to meet with the people if it's every three months or what have you. They re- to the people and in that way the people will know okay what's going on what did uh she or he do or didn't do and on that basis they will determine whether or not they want that person to um serve in that capacity as a district senator
1: so So Mm -hmm. Something you are willing to move forward, something that you're passionate about is reapportionment, and you're looking at nine district senators, six at-large senators, and those at-large senators would hold committee seats, right? They would be the people in charge of committees and forcing or helping to give people more access by saying these district senators would be responsible for meeting with constituents and communities more frequently to get information, Yes. That's that okay. I just making sure that's what I hear you say. Um, I, I I'm stumbling because I feel like this is this is the first time um I've heard someone say this on air, at least on this station. And so um aspirant Edwards, where then do you fall as we think about education?
2: Okay, definitely on the platform that I, I I'm a big supporter of um is education to develop school curricula, elementary, junior high and secondary, or in other words, high school education to suit our people. So we know that our children learn at different stages. So there will be a curriculum for the elementary uh, students, et cetera. And then um, seeing that there is a need and this is where I really, really want to emphasize this. When we look at our workforce, our skilled workforce, we're lacking in certain areas and then we have to look outside and bring them in. But if we prepared our students before they graduate from high school to learn a trade at that time, then that would allow for these children, if they see that and feel that passion of that trade, then they will further you know, further their education to become whatever it is that they want to become. But we do need to expose them and make sure that they learn a trade before they graduate from high school to at least allow them, if they have to become an entrepreneur, they have that skill. So that's another item under education. Uh, The other item is to have a reform school, create a reform school for children with behavioral problems. Now I'm seeing it, I've seen, I've been a part of the public school um, education at an early age. I've seen some of my classmates being very disruptive. I'm seeing and knowing that today there are disruption in classrooms. And what do we do with the children who constantly, constantly, constantly disrupt the classroom? So we decided that having a reform school to place these uh, children who have that behavioral problem in another setting, they will then learn how to be able to control their cells, learn, uh, and, and, and probably go even go further. What is the root of their problem? Once that is identified and they're ready to return back into the classroom, then at least we could say we have achieved reaching all children, not leaving a. Uh, to not leave any child behind because it may be something that could be addressed and now they return back to the regular classroom and they're okay. They're no longer becoming or being that disruptive student.
1: So uh, the other mm-hmm, What would you say to the listeners who are saying, well we have alternative education already?
2: The difference with that is that these students will be actually living on that compound. They won't go home, like they go to school and then at the end of the day they go home. They're actually going to have to live there.
1: That is the that's a, that's an interesting one, and I want I want to I want to give you time to talk about WAPA and to talk about agriculture. But I want I'm gonna save. So if we have time to talk about the education reform school, I'm gonna come back. But I want to give you a time to spread, you know, the, the same questions that we ask all the candidates. But this is a really interesting interview for me. Um, can you tell us where you stand on WAPA?
2: I see WAPA is and actually it's so funny, it's not that funny, but it's a situation that I'm experiencing right now with WAPA where there needs to be better management um, involved because say for example, people services are getting cut, and without uh, proper notification. So if there's a dispute on one's bills, right? And the person submits their dispute you're expected to get a response. That's, that's good customer service. Without that, then what happens is that your services get disconnected. And when you get really rah-rah, so to speak, that's when they want to um, address your situation. I, I feel that we are to the point, we need to diversify and not solely depend on WAPA to provide us with electricity and water, so I'm an advocate, and I will say that I'm not an expert, but we have to utilize what is there, such as solar panels. We have wind, use wind turbines, find alternate ways or alternative um, energy generating uh, sources, and not heavily depend on WAPA.
1: So, you are talking about clean energy um, as a transition. In your role as a policymaker, what is it that you see yourself doing to move that forward?
2: Well, what I would do, and again, I said the word I'm not an expert, mm. but is I would get the experts, consult, you know, have consultation with the experts. Let us know what is the best. Where is it working? Show us how it has been effective in other places. And then I can be able to shape policies okay. to, to to get that done. So I won't just like, okay, bam, this is what I'm going to propose. But I want to get the experts involved and in identifying how it can be accomplished.
1: Talk to me about then, public safety and crime.
2: Okay. My thing with... Uh, public safety and crime so public safety when I look think of public safety is the ability to uh, drive on roads that are safe because if you have potholes accidents can occur Uh, I see lighting is an issue we need better lighting on our streets again that would also detour crime in the sense of if it's a dark area, well, the chances are somebody could jack you up, you know, because there's lack of lighting. And um, I'm gonna say with public safety, I'm going to uh, safety for our pedestrians who are walking. Not everybody drives or, you know, they may have their bicycle. We need to see to it that there's proper sidewalks as much as possible on island. um, prevention is better than... So how is it it said again?
1: Prevention is better than cure.
2: Yes, prevention is better than cure. In a sense that if we have, and we do have young people, young adults that are idle, if there isn't something constructive that they can do, then they're going to become the criminals. We have to see to it that communities, centers especially, And it could be a collaboration with other nonprofit organizations, but at least we should ensure that each community have a center. And in that center, these uh, children, young adults are learning a trade or what have you so that they could invest in their community in a positive way, not terrorizing their community, shooting up the place all at night and things like that. So we have to invest in, activities or programs that would steer our youths in a better direction
1: we are going to take a break we are on with candidate number eight shalima edwards we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk about um agriculture and the indongo collective and what that means for your role
0: organization since 1996 is proud to present
2: the Hermitage Piano Trio. The Hermitage Piano Trio has received multiple Grammy Award nominations for performances that range in breadth from the works of the great European tradition to contemporary American pieces. The Hermitage Piano Trio will perform live at the Prior Jolly Hall on the Antilles campus, Saturday, October 29th at 8 p.m. The courtyard opens at 7 p.m. with a live performance from a local classical trio and small meals, beverages, and desserts by Amalia Cafe. For more information, theforumusvi.org,
0: 646-725-3353, or theforumusvi at gmail.com.
1: Good morning, good morning, good morning. I want you to know that Analyze This intro music to have me grooving in here. And as I am grooving, I am also having a great conversation with candidate Shalima Edwards as she introduces her, herself to Analyze This audience. Um, Shalima, so tell me a little bit about um, your your position on agriculture.
2: Okay, Seeing the need that we have to be able to feed ourselves, one of the items that I support on the platform, the Indongo collective reparations platform is to establish homesteading. And homesteading in the sense that people are actually going to live on agricultural land and they're going to produce, they're going to grow foods. And what they could do with that food or whatever it is that they produce there is we'll have a processing plant and those, items could then be packaged. We could provide our stores, we could provide either the school and all with packaged items that came right from the Virgin Islands. Um, I'm gonna use another example when I say about um, packaging and homesteading is that with all these mangoes that we have here, for example, we have bananas and things like that, we could process it and export those things as well. So we taking care of our inside, being able to provide our stores, provide our schools um, with what we produce here, but we could also export what we produce here, but it's gonna be packaged. It's just like when you go to any store and you see items that's packaged, it, whether it be in a container like ice cream, we will, it will be our ice cream. It will be our um, banana chips, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, to provide water for our farmers, uh, what we decided is to have an artificial lake. So rather have uh, the wastewater um, sent out in the ocean, we will transfer that water into an artificial lake, and that would help to provide our farmers. It will be filtered using whether are the type of fish or scavengers that will naturally filter the water that would help reduce the cost and all to further treat that water. So that would, again will would be used for agriculture purposes.
1: So let's talk a little bit about the Indongo Collective. I've mentioned it, you've mentioned it. Talk to me about why you chose um, the collective approach and, and what that means for if and when you get into the body with more of members of the collective or no members of the collective. Like how do you see that moving forward?
2: Well, with the platform from the Indongo Collective, and I'll say it's grassroots people that came together, and they t- they were tired, just like me. I'm tired of seeing where we are going in our on our island in the Virgin Islands, and that's why we said, you know what, let's come together and let's formulate something that could be in place for generations to come, um, and and that's why this platform was created focused on education, finance, and banking. We didn't touch on that. Um, Self-sufficiency reapportionment. Now, there are six other candidates who have committed that once in there, that this is the items that we'll be working together to move forward. And I'm going to mention them because I'm saying, yes, people talk, but action speaks louder than words. We want to ensure that when we get into that, legislature the 35th legislature now the people know what we said what we're going to do and therefore they're going to hold us accountable so the individuals my colleagues um number four is Tyrone Molyneux uh, number seven James P.G. Wakefield Monarch number 10 Devin Carrington number 11 Marilyn Aisha Hodge and No, number 12, Sam Carrione. And last but not least, number 21, Julian Vieira. So these are the candidates who have pledged that they are going to make sure when we get in the legislature, we put these items forward.
1: You said we didn't touch on, on, on you said on your platform there's also um, banking and finance and so I feel like that's a perfect segue where we could join banking and finance with economic development. I want to give you a chance to expand on that.
2: Okay. So as it is right now, we don't have the government does not have its own bank. So we will have a Virgin Islands territorial bank and that will be established. It shall be the only legal depository for all Virgin Islands funds and it shall fund developments, promote agriculture, agriculture and industry, and service our community. So by having our own bank, we can achieve that. Now the example actually that we looked at was North Dakota, that they were able to have their own state bank. And we here in the Virgin Islands, we have a bunch of branches that are of other banks that's not based here, like their headquarters or what have you, is not not based here, but their branches are. So we need to change that. The funds that coming in is going straight to the government bank, and we'll be able to build interest or what have you, um, approve loans and fund the programs that we really need to fund here in our territory.
1: So as we look at all the things you've presented, Tell me, it is January 2023. You've been given the consent to govern. How are you How are you prepping yourself to hit the ground running? What's one of the first things you're going to do? Well, definitely
2: caucus. Get the members who have committed. It's like, all right, which one do y'all want to ta- tackle first? Um, all are important, but we will definitely go step by step to achieve that goal. So, Hey, come January, once we got sworn in, it's like it's time to do the work that we said that we told the people we ready to do, and we're gonna move forward with that.
1: Do you do you think that with any of your platform um, measures, you're gonna have any difficulty getting consensus or persuading um, the other members of the body? Because while reapportionment is is the goal right now you would be working as a part of, you know, seven members in the St. Croix district, seven members in the St. Thomas district, and one at-large senator. Do you do you see or feel that you are ready to, to go in there and, and build that type of consensus?
2: Yes, I'm ready to build that consensus. And I will say that even in St. Thomas, uh, have been uh several centomians have expressed that hey, this is something that we need over here. So I am sure I don't have the name of the candidates, but uh based on people that I know over there, it's like we need that type of platform to to take place. And I'm sure they will convince their senators over there to push that as well. You see, one of the one of my um my uh slogans is returning power back to the people. And, That is what I intend on encouraging people to do. When we present this platform, it's territorial wide. You know, see this people, do you resonate with this? And if so, then you definitely have to let the senators that you elect, if you didn't elect them, but just let them know this is what we want. If we truly supposed to represent the people, then let's represent the people. Give back the power to the people and hey, we can accomplish this. And I'm sure we will have supporters in St. Thomas and even the at-large senator to see to it that we do this. This is to benefit all of us. And one (laughs) of the last things I want to say, what caused me to really recognize how how important it is to reapportion the legislature is knowing that the senators are expected to um, get an increase in their salary. And I'm like, wait, getting an increase in the salary? And how Really, are we holding these officials accountable? So anyone who truly want to represent the people and that capacity, then really have the people hold us accountable. Don't just uh, accept getting a high salary and it's just a rhetoric over and over and over. Two years, you're going to see me or what have you. No, when we're held accountable, we will better relate to our people in districts and at large so, so i know the people and i'm I'm saying it based on what some people have expressed that yes it's time that we you know do this so and people who are serious to do
1: it candidate aspirant number eight shalima edwards you have a minute please remind the people who you are tell them your name your number and why they should vote for you
2: okay shalima edwards number eight and yes, I'm seeking a seat in the 35th legislature. I am a woman of action. I don't just like talking, I like to show action to get the work done. If you elect me, I assure you the things that I mentioned that I'm committed in doing, I will get the work done. And I know I alone cannot do it. So please, I encourage you to elect others who share that passion to make sure that these items that I brought forth get done. I am Shalima Edwards. Please, please vote on November 8th for us the Indongo Collective candidates.
1: So that was Shalima Edwards, aspirant, her number is number eight. Um, on the eight, vote number eight. That's what she's saying. Um, thank you so much, Miss Edwards. Have a great day.
2: Thank you for the opportunity.
1: Uh, you're you welcome. So, listening audience, we we did our first interview for the morning. And if you'd like to join the conversation, you can call me at 340-718-0716 or you can text a comment to 340 340- Two oh one five four zero two. Unless we can reflect on this quick interview together, I got about ten minutes before we wrap it up. Eight minutes before we take it to the nine o'clock hour, where we will be speaking with a board of elections candidate, Raymond Williams. Um, you know, it was interesting. This is this this is the first candidate who, you know, I want to say boldly, boldly brought up reapportionment, and um, really interesting really interesting um platform items and i want to know how you all how y'all feel about it how did you receive it um and on this station this is all about thinking about helping educate you, the electorate, on what is out there, who is out there, the Candidate Speaks is supposed to be, and hopefully is for you, very, very informational. Take away the fluff, um, minimize the politics, and get down to the business of what the candidates will be bringing to the table. So I'm just really excited to hopefully get a caller or a text or two to talk about what it is you heard in that interview that excites you or what it is you heard in that interview that you have questions about. Because it's really this is really our time to really dig in. And I also think the reflections not just help us, but help the candidates post. You know, we have a podcast. So if you didn't hear us today, you could or if there's something you heard today that you you want to double check, you want to vet, you could also listen to the podcast and go back and hear what we said. Um, like I said, that was candidate Shalima Edwards number eight. Um, and if you want to call in, it is 340-718-0761. For me though, I, um, while I'm waiting, I'm like, for me, I'm trying to, usually I'm doing this with Neville, right? So I'd have that ping pong where he'd be like, what do you think about that one? And so I, I, I want to text him, but I don't know if he was listening to us this morning. Um, but this, the, the sentiment or the thought of, pushing forward a collective. Me, you know, she took the time in the end to say not just to vote for me, but let me make visible um, the other people who I am running with that we have alignment and we, we, we have committed to driving any parts of this shared agenda together, you know that's a that's a powerful concept in itself, um, and it's the first place where this again this is the first interview we've done here that has done that that has say I'm not just elevating myself I'm saying look at these other candidates listen to these other candidates and see where they where they fall and if you'd be interested in voting for them because together we we could do something that. That's the first time you haven't heard any other candidates say, by the way, look at these three other candidates because we are aligned. So I thought that was a very interesting aspect of this interview. If part of what we expect the electorate to do is to be able to come to consensus. You know, Neville says you represent less than a seventh when you're in the body, right? That's what your vote is. So a lot of this is about consensus building. A lot of this is sheer decision making. The, the The strategy because that's what it is, the strategy of making sure that we have um partnerships pre established alignment um to get elected into a body is really interesting and then I ask myself once you become elected, what is the role you know suppose what is the role they take together? you know like how powerful would that be in a legislative body? Would there be challenges? Um, because it might be um, in some ways a clean sweep. Um, is there enough institutional knowledge? Is there enough legislative experience? I mean, there's all of these different things I begin to think about. And I still think the strategy was well thought out in terms of like the Indongo Collective and what, what it could mean to, to have, you know to have a slate. They're, they're not the first people to consider a slate, but I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen, besides like the Democrats having their Democratic slate, I haven't seen uh, a slate like this. Um, and I forgot to ask Ms. Edwards, but I do believe the Ndongo Collective is, I don't know if they're independent or ICM. I'm going to have to figure that out because we didn't ask her if she had a party affiliation um, during this call. And if you have any questions or comments, you can call 340-718-0761. And let me check my phone to see if I'm gaining any text. You know, yesterday I get a couple little texts and I I was feeling myself. Oh, well, it is the bottom of the hour. And this was WTJX 93.1 Analyze This. We will see you when we get back. Raymond Williams.
4: El sistema de elecciones de las Islas Vírgenes lo está haciendo más fácil para que tú formes parte de nuestro equipo por medio de nuestro programa de voluntarios. Estamos en busca de personas buenas como tú que puedan proveer a cada votante el apoyo que necesitan para que efectivamente puedan participar en el proceso de votación. Puede comenzar recogiendo y completando la aplicación para voluntarios de cualquiera de nuestras oficinas en el territorio. Usted puede servir como monitor. También tienes la opción de convertirte en un facilitador, asegurando que los votantes que están votando por primera vez, los envejecientes y la comunidad de deshabilitados puedan votar con confidencia y acertadamente. Si tienes el tiempo y estás dispuesto a servir, hay un lugar para ti. Solo inscríbete. Si quieres más información, llama al 340-773-1021 y recuerda, el votar no es solo su derecho, es lo correcto hacer.